Reverend Veronica, Brother Phil, Reverend Shana, Reverend Mark, Reverend Charmaine. Hope I haven't missed anyone out. Thank you for the word that you have allowed to uh, expand in your heart and come and bless us over this period of time. I want to thank the media team, those who have recorded the messages, made them available on the website. I want to thank the Facebook team, those who have set that up. Sister Jean started that some months ago, and that's still continuing. I want to say thank you to those who have been following us online. I know some Sundays we have over 200 views people who watch our service from home and elsewhere. And by the way, good morning. Is it still morning? Afternoon. Good afternoon to those who are watching, if you are watching live, or if you will watch it at some later point in time. We really appreciate you being a part of the Harvest Temple family, and we hope that you will continue to be blessed by our ministry here. Of course, I want to say thank you to you, lovely people, who have accommodated this vision. It's been a bit of a change, but I hope that you have grown. I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been reminded of many important things. I hope you've learned something along the way. And more than that, the most important thing is that we bear fruit from what we hear, from what we are taught. So thank you, church. I do appreciate uh, your support. Believe you me. Amen. For the benefit of those who are watching online, I want to announce to you that in July of this year, we produced and released a CD called Temple Sound with five original songs written by members of this congregation, all done in-house, and you would have missed all our notices, I believe, if you watch online, but I want to make you aware of this. If you are interested in purchasing one, then just go to templesound.org.uk. That's templesound, one word. You can purchase it online. You can download it from the various platforms. They'll make great Christmas presents. So if you're stuck for ideas, what to give to your aunt or your uncle or whoever, well, why not bless them with these wonderful songs and the ministry from this church? At the same time, you're sharing with them a word of encouragement and hope and salvation. So we don't want you to miss out on this blessing. So please visit the website. You can pick up a copy. Okay, I have prepared a handout for most of what I'll be sharing today because I really feel it's a very fitting way to end this study. And I want us to really hold this message in our hearts because it is going to carry over into 2019. And once I go through it, I think you will understand why. When I started the first 
message from James. We had our young artists. Well, they're back. <laughs> and uh, they're helping me out just to finish off this series. So I hope they are within reach of my voice. Caitlin and Ryan? If not, can someone get them from the back? Because they will have to explain the meaning of what they've drawn. But it's in line with today's theme, which is getting involved or get involved. That's the theme for today, to get involved. So they've done a couple of sketches and they're going to come along and explain the meaning of these sketches. Let's give them a hand. The first one is about, like, uh, a person's going to do something bad and then the, the one behind him is going to try to stop him. And this one is where when one of the girls are trying to st- stop an argument. Okay. Well done, well done. Okay, go back to the first one. I didn't see the person behind on the first one, I must admit. But I can see the hand on the shoulder now. Can you see that? Okay, so that person is getting involved, yeah? To prevent whatever is about to take place. And the second one, well, I thought they were going to fight, but it's an argument. But you can see the peacemaker in the middle getting involved. Thank you so much. Let's give a round of applause again for Ryan and Caitlin, our young artists. Today's message is important because in the world that we live in today, we are increasingly becoming more isolated as individuals in this society. You know, you just have to see people, even at lunch, going to work, they're just locked into their own little world, you know, on their mobile devices. And it's becoming more difficult, you know, as a pastor, as a parent, uh, to lead and give instructions because everybody knows, or they, they think they know, what is right. And it's, it's hard to say to someone, you are wrong, you know, because everyone just wants to do their own thing. But James speaks to this, and I'm going to read James five nineteen to 20 as he challenges this mindset. And the scripture says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Let me try and open this up by way of a parable. Imagine that you have gone on some sort of expedition and you are now lost in a mountain range and you've been lost for a number of weeks. You've managed to fight off wild animals You've been drinking water from streams 
and ponds. You have a couple of parasites that's draining your strength and you're becoming very weak. Would you want search and rescue to be out looking for you? Well, imagine after two to three weeks, you somehow manage to stumble to the edge of this mountain range or forest, and you find a cabin. And in that cabin, three people are sitting in there. These are the people who are supposed to be out looking for you. And they're watching TV eating pizza and generally keeping themselves warm and having a great time. How would you feel? How would you feel? Well, wouldn't you ask them, you know, did did you know I was lost? Well, why aren't you out pulling out all the stops looking for me? Well, one would say, well, it was raining. Just had my hair done. (laughs) Why did I say that? (laughs) I don't like my hair getting wet either, you know. (laughs) And I didn't want to get my hair wet. The other says, well, the West Indies are playing... And I didn't want to miss the test match. The other one would say something like, I knew you were lost, but I didn't want to face you because I knew that you were a person that perhaps wouldn't listen if I came to rescue you. But you would say, I was lost. I could have died out there. And I expected you to come and to search for me. You know, as believers, there are periods in our life when we all wonder if we're honest. Even when we come to church. So coming to church is not a sign that you're not wondering. We can be coming to church, coming to Bible study, doing all these things, but yet in our hearts we are wandering from God. So this is not uh, a message that only applies to some, it's, it's for all of us. But James is exhorting us today to deploy search and rescue for those who are lost, that we ought to go after those who we know, particularly in this passage, were once walking with the Lord for whatever reason. Whether it be the cares of this world, distractions, whatever, they have wandered, gone off track. James ends this practical epistle by commanding us and commissioning us to go out and reach those who have wandered from the path of truth and are lost. Even the strongest believer can drift into error. I'm sure you all know the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. 
one of the favorite hymns that we sing oftentimes at funerals and those types of services when we want reassurance that our loved ones have passed to be with the Lord. Well, it was written by a gentleman called Horatio Spafford. He had lost everything in a fire in Chicago in 1871. Following this, an even greater tragedy happened. His family was sent ahead of him to Europe. And on the way, the four Spafford daughters drowned when the ship they were on sank. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him a note saying, Saved alone. Later, when Spafford was making the same journey to Europe and stood on deck of his ship at approximately the same place where his daughters died, he wrote the incredible words of the great hymn, When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot God has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. What incredible lyrics, what incredible faith and what an incredible testimony. We admire that and we sing that. He was a strong believer, but we don't know the end of his story, many of us. In later life, Spafford got into deep debt and he moved from the States and went to live in the Holy Land. He had a mental breakdown. And then he thought he was the second Messiah. And he got into all sorts of false doctrines and errors. He began to preach and teach that even the devil's going to be saved. It's going to be well with his soul too. I find that remarkable that someone that had such revelation out of that tragedy, who we would hold to be somebody who's pretty sound, as a Christian who's written that a hymn that has touched lives worldwide, would end up in such error. So this scripture that we're looking at today, you know, believers wandering, let none of us here, feel that this can't happen to us. I'm not just speaking about those who seemingly are weak or young in the faith. Even the most senior amongst us, if we're not careful, we can end up in error. So how are we supposed to get involved in search and rescue? I believe that to reach out to those who are lost, we need to have great wisdom and real discernment. Or else we can end up wounding people. The scripture says in Proverbs 11.15, there is wisdom in the multitude of counselors. So if there's someone that comes to mind, whether it's someone from that used to attend this church or a relative or friend, and you are thinking to reach out to that person, they once walked with the Lord, but they're no longer walking with him. 
I would say a good place to start is to pray about that and then perhaps to speak to a mature believer to get some counsel as to how you approach that. So we are called to go out and search and rescue those who have lost their way, but we must do it with great wisdom and discernment. And I wanted to share five guidelines that I want us to take on board as a church in regards to how we can reach out to those who we know were once walking with the Lord, but for whatever reason are no longer walking with him. As I said earlier, this is not just a message that I'm sharing to just close off this teaching. This is weighing on my heart. That's uh, with the leadership team, we are going to look at how we're going to walk this out in 2019 in a very practical way. I want us as a church to be reaching out. We all know people who walk with the Lord, but are no longer walking with the Lord. And I believe that God has led us to this place. This wasn't, by the way, determined from the start of this study. This is just something that the Lord is impressing on my heart. As I think, well, Lord, where do we go from here? So here are some guidelines. And this is included in the handout. Do you have correct knowledge? Correct knowledge about someone who once walked with the Lord but has strayed. It's important that we don't make assumptions or jump to conclusions. God gives us knowledge for a reason. And I believe at a minimum, the knowledge that we have about those who have lost their way should at a minimum lead us to that place of prayer. That's the minimum we should be doing, is praying for those persons or for that person that they come back to the Lord so we have to have correct knowledge that's the first thing I believe that we need to have secondly do you have a relationship with that individual with that person because restoration requires relationship So what I'm saying is, if you have correct knowledge or certain knowledge, but you don't have a relationship, then I would say perhaps you should draw back from making that approach and pray and ask the Lord maybe to use somebody else to make that approach. Because where we don't have relationships established, we can wound individuals because they can see our approach as a threat And it can cause them to shrink back even further. So there needs to be relationship for restoration. Thirdly, when we are reaching out in search and rescue, we need to arm ourselves with scriptural support. Our job is not to get into arguments with people or get them to conform to our way of thinking. You know that even amongst us, if we were to look at any passage of Scripture, we would have varying interpretations. So what say those who are lost? 
we may have view on certain things, they will have other views. So I would say we're really reaching out in a way that we go in a manner to, to more sort of discuss rather than to point a finger and say, you are wrong, naughty, 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 and go to condemn. But certainly we should have prepared ourselves with Scripture to show from the Scripture what we are bringing to those individuals. We need scriptural support. Fourthly, I believe the timing needs to be right. We need to choose the right time. When Jesus talked about speaking to someone who had offended you, he said that you should go to them privately. I believe that's good advice. Anytime you are going to speak to somebody about something sensitive, don't do that in public. It's not about naming and shaming and embarrassing people. Seek for the right time to make that approach in private, just as you'd want someone to do to you. And I've also learned that you don't do that, I would recommend, not over the phone, not by email. It's always best done in person. The other thing about this, I would say, go in twos. Jesus sent his disciples out in pairs. So seek for someone to go with you if you're going to reach out to someone. And lastly, well certainly not the least, our motivating factor must be godly. And we must go with a sort of restorative love that we want to see that person restored. So what I'm saying is that if you don't really care for that person or you have a lesser motive, then I would say perhaps pray for God to send somebody else. We're not going to get up into people's business. We're not going to point the finger at people and condemn them. The motive must be pure. The motive must be God's love. Not for any praise for ourselves, but for the glory of God. Amen? Paul wrote in Galatians 6, 1, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. This is such wise counsel. We should always meet people in a spirit of love and humility. So James ends his epistle by asking us to get involved in the very reason that Jesus came to earth. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I believe that the calling of God is upon all of us to go out and reach those who are lost. I've been thinking this week about fruit. Are we fruit-bearing believers? All the hours that we spend in church, worshipping, preaching, praying, reading the scripture, what fruit is being born out of that? Or are we just 
coming to church, you know, as a ritual because that's what we've been doing for years and we just come. And I believe this is where God is, is, is pushing us for 2019. If we live to see 2019, I should say. God wants fruit. He wants fruit and that takes some effort and that takes some focus and that takes us sometimes uh, letting go of what we deem to be our priorities. Remember the example of the person out there in the mountain range? What's really important to us? That we keep our programs going and ticking over? Or what we do as a church, we are reaching out to those who are lost. I don't know how we're going to do it, church, but I believe that God will give us counsel as to how we perhaps can get ourselves organized. And before we do that, no, it starts off here. It starts with the way we're thinking. It starts with where our heart is at. Are we content just to come and have a glory hallelujah time every Sunday in church and hair standing up on the back of your head and the goose pimples? Or are we recognizing that there are people that you and I know who are lost and we need to make a concerted effort as a church to reach them? Note the weight of verse 20. The last verse in this epistle. It says that we are called to save souls. That is a deep, deep statement. When you think about the magnitude of that. The apostle is saying that when we reach out and when a soul either comes for the first time or comes back, to Christ, that person's life will be changed forever and eternity. That's what we have been called to do. The question is, do we care enough to make that a priority, to uh, rearrange our agenda to reach the lost? Daniel 12 verse 3 speaks of the reward that will be given to those who turn those who are lost back to the way of righteousness. It says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That's a uh, uh, a magnificent statement there from Daniel. Those who reach out and turn the lost to God will shine like the stars forever and ever. And I believe in reaching out, we are definitely doing what Jesus would have us to do. That was the purpose of his mission coming to earth, to see souls brought into the kingdom. He said, I did not come to condemn the world, but to seek and save those who are lost. I bring this message to us today that we become 
imitators of Jesus Christ in this regard. I want us to be praying about this, and we will pray about this both collectively and individually, that God will show us how we do this, how we are going to reach out to those who are lost in a practical way, in an organized way. I want this to become the heartbeat of our church and not just to be content with just coming and worshiping and ministering to ourselves. You know, that's part of why we're recording our messages so that we can reach out beyond these four walls. We're very limited if everything we do is just contained in here. We've got to reach out beyond these four walls. And I really want us to take this on board. As the leadership team, we will look at this and see how we can get ourselves organized over the next coming weeks to really go out, maybe in twos, to be praying for the lost souls and to be reaching out. Amen? Very simple, very short message. But I thank God for the way he has brought us to the close of this study. Very, very profound and important couple of last verses in this epistle. Let's stand together. I want us to make a proclamation together. I want all of us to get involved. Amen? Get involved. Amen. Are we ready to read this together? Let's go for it. Father, let my light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to you. May the passion of my heart and my constant prayer to you be for people to be saved. In Jesus' name, we pray for each other that words may be given to us to open our mouths boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel to those who are lost. Father, help us to make the most of every opportunity to share the gospel and lead other Christians into the lives of the unbelievers that we are praying for. You are God that gives growth and increase. Amen. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word and for the conclusion of this study, what we have learned from it, what you've reminded us from the pages of your holy word. Thank you for the invitation to live a better way. Lord, may we practically live that out in our everyday lives. Thank you, Lord, as we delight in your word and seek you. Help us to fully trust you. Place our hope in you and be secure in you. Thank you for the way you've ended this study, Lord, commissioning us 
to reach out, to do search and rescue, to reach out to those who have wandered from the path and who are lost. Lord, we pledge today to partner with the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, in fulfilling your mission to seek and to save those who are lost. And thank you for the reward that you have promised that those who turn sinners to a place of repentance will shine like the stars forever. Lord, I ask in this place and in the very presence of these, my brothers and sisters, because I don't have all the answers and this is not worked out, Lord, but I ask you upon myself and the leadership team of this church and every member of this congregation, will you give us wisdom? Give us wisdom and show us, Lord, in a, in a simple way how we ought to translate this command that you are weighing on my heart to become reality. I believe that we can see the size of this congregation doubled. We're believing you for that right now in the name of Jesus. God, will you set our motives in the right place? Will you sanctify our hearts and our minds, oh God? God, we want to go with clean hands and pure hearts. With no other motive but to see those who are lost come into that place of repentance and cleansing and live with you in your presence for eternity. So Lord, as we wait on you in prayer, will you just unfold your strategy, Lord? Show us, Lord. Lead us by your Spirit, Lord. If we live to see the year of 2019, I declare in this place, this will be a, a year of outreach, search, and rescue. And I call back in the backsliders in the name of Jesus. We will go with our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your love will be our heartbeat. And our passion will be to see those who are lost come to faith in Jesus Christ. Send them to us, Lord. And send us to them across their paths. Even now, begin to prepare hearts and minds, oh God. For the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. Force us out. Thrust us into the harvest, oh God. Help us to redeem the time because the days are evil. The days are short. God, rearrange our priorities, our agendas, our programs, our departments. We want to be outward facing, oh God. 
in every single thing that we do. Hallelujah. The songwriter says, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. Let's just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.